Welcome to Ghost of a Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Lignato. I'm an astrologer, psychic medium, and animal communicator, and I'm going to give you your weekly horoscope and no bullshit mystical advice for living your very best life. Hello, my darlings. Uh, Welcome back to Ghost of a Podcast. This week's question goes like this. I am afraid of getting the vaccine. I have lived my whole adult life going against pharmaceutical companies and drugs. Since March of 2020, I've been afraid of one thing after another. COVID, the pandemic, wildfires, the insurrection, COVID mutations, and now the vaccine. I trust your advice and thoughts more than anyone else as your podcast has saved my ass all pandemic long. I understand the science behind the vaccine and grew up getting all the necessary shots. This should be the same, right? I want to believe that the vaccine is a glimmer of hope in this whole story. Is it just that I'm in a state of fight or flight from a year of scary surprises, and that's what makes me reluctant to trust the vaccine? Or is it my intuition telling me something? This is such an important question, such an important question. And within it, I must say, I am so grateful that you trust me and that you turn to me for insight. Uh, And I'm not a doctor. I have no scientific or medical uh, background. And it's really important that even though, of course, I think I'm right about lots of things and I want you to listen to me and trust me that it's just wildly important that nobody turns to me first and foremost for scientific or medical advice. That's so important. And I noticed that you say in your question that you understand the science behind the vaccine. And I think that that's really great. I mean, I don't totally understand the science behind the vaccine. So, you know, what I'm going to say is not really about the vaccine and whether or not you or anyone else should take it. I want to say also before unpacking this further, I am staunchly and passionately pro-vaccine. Very much so. Do I think that there's problems with big pharma? Obvi, yeah. Do I think that vaccines can be complicated and have side effects? Absolutely. Do I know that we have ample reason to be suspicious or critical of pharmaceuticals and the medical industry? Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. That said, I am still pro-vaccine. Vaccines are valuable. Science is great. Science is not perfect. Humans who use science are also very much not perfect. Capitalism is poison. It poisons everything. That said, <laughs> vaccines are, are good for us as, as human people. I think they're very, very good. So I want to just be emphatic about these points before I go forth and address anything more. Okay, let's get into it, shall we? Oh, and I should say that... Uh, Glimmer of Hope, as as she called herself, was born April 13th, 1985 at 7.51 a.m. in Oakland, California. So let me start with a bunch of things. The first one is you name that you have been going against pharmaceutical companies and drugs your whole life. And so it makes total sense that you would be, you know, not the first person on the like Pfizer bandwagon or whatever it is. But there's something really important here. You note that you've been afraid of one thing after another ever since the pandemic dropped, right, in March of 2020. And I want to be really clear that intuition, it does not speak through fear. That's not a thing. And it's so important for me to say this. It is so important for you to hear this. Intuition is neutral. Now, you might 
have a neutral, intuitive hit on something and then become afraid. But anxiety and persistent fear is not intuition. And I think that, you know, when it comes to what you're describing, which is very normal, very appropriate set of fears that have been driving you. It is fair that you have been scared with the wildfires and with a damn pandemic that can be incredibly destructive to your body um, and that has changed the global stage, really. Uh, The insurrection. I mean, there's so many things to be scared of. And I don't think there's anything wrong with being scared especially of things that are scary. You know, it just means you're paying attention. All these things are scary. You're wise to be scared of them. The question is, how do you manage and care for yourself around the fears? The question is whether or not you attribute those fears to divine intervention or intuition. And this is where uh, I'm a big believer on first identifying what it is that you're scared of. So when we talk about your specific list, all of the things, the vaccine, the mutations, the insurrection, the fires, the pandemic itself, all have one thing in common. You have no control over them. You can't know how the vaccine's going to impact you or if you get COVID, if you're going to be super damn sick or only kind of barely sick. You don't know if you're going to get tons of other people sick. You don't know what's going to happen with any of the damn things any of the things on your list. And in the face of being totally out of control, all that you can do is manage your thoughts and your feelings and your actions in response to what is, because you can't control what will come. You just, you can't. When you or anyone is in a state of fight or flight, when you're in a state of heightened anxiety or depression, which, you know, there's clinical anxiety, clinical depression, but we all experience anxiety and depression at different times to different extents, even if we don't have clinical cases of these things, right? And again, not a doctor, so I am not in the, in the business of talking about clinical ailments or complexes in that, that particular way, but we all experience these thoughts and feelings. And in particular, 2020, 2021 has kicked that up for us all. So, of course, I'm going to look at your birth chart. Of course, I'm going to look at your birth chart. And unsurprisingly, I find that in 2020, you entered into a very difficult transit. Pluto started to square your 12th house sun in Aries at 23 degrees and 39 minutes. This particular square, it's going to last another year. And what it does is it confronts you with ways you feel out of control. It confronts you with your flight or fight mechanisms, your terror, your resentments. Because the sun in your birth chart is in the 12th house, you may have, to date, you know, to this point of your development, had a pretty deep set of habits around abandoning yourself, around focusing on what you can do and what you can say and where you can go outside of really listening to the parts of yourself that are anxious or have a hard time processing quickly. You know, you've got a moon-Jupiter conjunction in Aquarius at the top of the chart. It's conjoined to the midheaven. You love being positive. You love being resilient. You love making things happen, moving things forward. Similarly, you've got Saturn and Pluto in the sixth house of your birth chart. These are, you know, complicated placements for sure. I mean, there's no chill placement for either of those planets, TBH. But 
what's true about them is they incline you to want to do something. You know, you can kind of tackle any problem as long as there's steps to take, as long as there's, you know, ways for you to mobilize forward and do something. You also have Mercury and Venus, in addition to your sun, in Aries. Your Mercury Venus are in the 11th house. And so all the things you've named, what are you going to fucking do? There's no magic wand for this shit. We don't know. You know, we, we, we really don't know. I do my best to listen to doctors and scientists, and I do my best to be informed by science about things that are scientific, like vaccines. But the truth is that the vaccine was developed quickly, as far as I understand. And again, I should not be your authoritative voice on this topic. But as far as I understand, a meaningful part of why the vaccine or vaccines were developed so quickly is because there was loads of money being thrown at the development of the vaccine, which that's often a difficult thing. And there was loads of volunteers, people who are like, study me, I'll tap me in coach. Usually that's not a thing. People are not super quick to be a guinea pig for a vaccination, especially if it doesn't directly impact them, right? So money and volunteers and need have allowed for the development of the vaccine to be a lot quicker than other vaccines have been. But there are questions. Of course, there are questions. COVID-19 has not existed for two years yet. And so there are questions about the presentation of it. There's questions about long haulers. We don't talk enough about long haulers. And I think part of why that is, is because science doesn't understand it. You know, we, we don't know how to support and treat people who are long haulers with COVID. And we don't understand why they are getting such long-term and debilitating presentations of the disease when other people aren't. There's a lot we don't know. And if your assessment, hopefully not based on anything I say in regards to the science, but based on research and contemplation, uh, if your assessment is that you're not ready to get that vaccine, then it's incumbent upon you to take greater responsibility for making sure that you are protecting the community, other people from you if you are going out in the world. It's important to take responsibility in a world that is getting vaccinated. If you yourself are not getting vaccinated, that you, you know, you pose a threat to the community. And that's that's just like, that's just kind of what it is. The point here is you are scared of losing control and falling into the grasp of some harm that you can't handle, that you don't know how to handle or you're frightened of handling it. And that's fucking fair. And you're not alone. So step one, my feedback to you, my take on this is that this is anxiety. And that's and it's fear. And that doesn't mean there isn't wisdom or truth in your anxiety or fear. However, when we are caught in the grasp of anxiety and fear, we are not our clearest, wisest, most grounded and present self. So my advice to you is to first start prioritizing, centering and treating the anxiety and the fear instead of focusing on the content or the message of the anxiety and the fear. That's step one. And that's a difficult, can be time intensive step. It's not easy. If it was easy, you would have already done it, you know. 
So what it's about is being like, okay, these are the feelings. I'm not going to focus on the thoughts. I'm going to track the feelings. What is the trajectory of these feelings? Because most of us experience patterns around how emotion and uh, destructive thought patterns flow through our system. The more present we are with those self-destructive thought patterns or those really difficult to tolerate thought patterns or emotions, the more we can see some measure of predictability in them. That's really helpful because if the way that your anxiety works is you read something or you see something and you're fine and then within five minutes you're not fine and you start falling down a spiral of feeling out of control and like you're totally helpless, there's got to be some physical sensations associated with that, some consistent messages that your brain is telling you that you are thinking. So once we see our patterns, we can start interrupting them, even in the smallest of ways. So that might look like when you see something that's upsetting and five minutes later, you start to have your like panic response, taking a moment to intentionally do relaxing breathing exercises, really focusing on your breath as a way to distract from the thoughts and also to oxygenate your sweet, sweet brain. You may instead start massaging your hand as a way, again, to focus on something physical that brings you into the present moment and that is a distraction from your brain and that is not self-harming in any way. So don't pummel your hand. This is like a gentle, sweet massage, you know? The key here is to recognize that fear is running you and to support yourself around the fear because once you've achieved some measure of that, it becomes more reasonable and productive to start identifying, okay, these are the problems. I'm going to write a little list. Here are all the problems. And for each problem, what can I do about these things? So you might make uh, you know, a bullet point situation. What can I do about these things? Some of the things you can't do shit about. So if there's nothing material you can do to change them, like, I don't know, COVID mutations, there's nothing you can do about that. So then what you can do instead of focus on COVID mutations is to check in with how safe you are being in regards to COVID, right? Are you wearing your double mask like the World Health Organization has recommended? Double that damn mask. Uh, are you washing your paws all the time? Like there's, a, there's so many things that you can do that help dramatically. If you are doing those things, if you are taking those actions, then again, we come back to supporting your mental health, right? Supporting your emotional health. So there are some actions you can take. And if that doesn't do it, then you know it's more of a mental and emotional issue. This isn't your intuition. And I can say that really firmly because if it was your intuition, it would be really clear. It would be neutral. So when we say intuition is clear, or when I say intuition is clear, What I mean is it's neutral. It's not emotional. It's that clear feeling or that clear thought, that that thing that happens inside of you where your system just says, put your phone down. And maybe you never listen to it. That's not the point. When your system says, this isn't working or turn the corner, you know, walk into that room, whatever it is. We get these all the time. Humans get these. It's not, I mean, I don't mean to be a boner killer, but it's not magic. It's, it's humans. We're actually connected to something more than just our physical bodies. That voice is there for each and every one of us. It's a lot harder for some people to access than others, but it's there for all of us. So the question is, can you start to validate 
that your anxieties are your anxieties. And it doesn't mean that they're wrong completely, but you can't understand the truth in them until you first deal with the anxious or fear-based part of them. That's the work right there. Now, I want to just say one more thing, which I kind of said at the beginning, but it bears repeating. It's really dangerous that I'm answering this question, (laughs) you know, and I want to, I just have to, I just have to acknowledge it. Like, I was on the fence about whether or not it was even appropriate for me to tackle answering it, but you are not the only person who's asked me this question. And I think that there are many practitioners out there, um, you know, astrologers and tarot readers and energy healers who are giving out medical advice and who are anti-vax. And I don't think that's okay. It's not okay because, listen, I'm not trying, we all have to stay in our lane, but there are certain things like, for instance, I don't know, in a global pandemic, like science, that we do need to respect and listen to. Above the woo, my loves, above the woo. So you use the woo to guide you when appropriate. But it's important in these days of so much happening online and so much happening around con spirituality that we're really careful about this stuff. I encourage you to support your emotions so that you can better access your intuition. And take care. The Black Fairy Godmother Foundation, founded by Simone Gordon, is a nonprofit organization created to help Black and Brown marginalized families. This foundation uses the power of networking and social media to connect families in need with people who can help. Visit theblackfairygodmother.info to get more information. Through their initiatives, you can adopt a family by sharing a fundraiser or wish list throughout your community and signal boosting on social media. You can also join the birthday fundraiser where you use your birthday celebration to make a difference by choosing a fundraiser to promote among your friends and family. Contact the Black Fairy Godmother to receive a fundraiser assignment, learn more information, and support their work. I mean, listen, it's almost the 200th episode. We're on 193. That's kind of exciting. I mean, I'm excited. I don't think you care, but I'm excited. So I thought, let's just have a super light intro to my horoscope today. And if you've been listening to me a long time, you should know that means it's not going to be very light. Okay, we are going to talk about March 7th through the 13th of 2021. But before we do, let me talk about some stuff that's been on my mind. So I mentioned in last week's Sunday episode, because you know I dropped two episodes a week, so there's the midweek, and it was a hot take, it was a goodie. But I mentioned in episode 191 that saying all men are trash is problematic. The reason why I mentioned that is because once we start dehumanizing people, it's a really slippery slope for us, really. It always does start, and it's like, I'm not, I'm not really trying to like focus on like the whole men are trash thing. That's like, I mean, I know people love saying that. I know men, cis, straight men who love saying that. But trust me, I'm going somewhere with this. Okay, listen, there is racism of all kinds, xenophobia, ableism, homo and transphobia, and basically anti all of the things, all of the people not only on the right or in conservative circles, although absolutely there, but on the left and in progressive circles. I am really of the mind that it is incumbent upon us all to interrogate our assumptions, 
even our assumptions and judgments about the ruling groups or model minorities, quote unquote, whatever the fuck that is, don't even get me started on the whole thing of model minorities. But it is really wise and healthy for people who are on a spiritual path, for people who want to live in integrity, for people who want to create social change, to understand that our feelings, when they are based in hate and generalizations of groups, are really worth investigation, right? They're really worth looking at. In the past year, we have seen a massive spike in anti-Asian and anti-Semitic crime. Many people on the left have turned their turned away from those things or worse, joined in on the fucked up behavior. It is impossible for any of us to be untouched by the pervasive racism that is intrinsic to white supremacy. And Within white communities, I mean, I think that's really well established how fucking problematic it is. But even in communities of color, of which there are many, we must all interrogate the ways in which our assumptions and kind of judgments are operating because we are stronger together. We are absolutely stronger together. And it's also a matter of spiritual integrity to do these investigations. And it's impossible to do them all at once. And You know, there's a time and a place for all the things. But this feels really important for me to speak to, to acknowledge here on the podcast. In no small part, because Trump is out of office, but that man is far from gone. CPAC, which is the Conservative Political Action Conference that is associated with GOP here in the U.S., they had their conference February 25th through the 28th, right when Pluto entered that 26th degree of Capricorn that I talked about last week on the podcast in regards to the Pluto return of the United States. Let me quote USA Today, not a very radical or progressive uh, publication, but let me quote USA Today here and say, quote, as difficult as it is to get your head around, the stage at CPAC last weekend was built in the shape of a rebranded swastika, something called an odal rune. This symbol was incorporated into SS uniforms and is frequently used by white supremacists. Neo-Nazis get tattooed with this thing. It was even on display at the 2017 Unite the Right protest in Charlottesville, unquote. According to the ADL database, it is a hate symbol, and it is a symbol that is illegal in Germany. My friends, let that sink in. It is illegal in Germany. You've probably seen this if you've ever seen an image of a Nazi soldier because the Odal uh, symbol is on their lapels of their uniforms. It is a Nazi image. So let me, let me just say really firmly and clearly, do not underestimate the GOP. Remember that Hitler was in politics uh, for many, many years before he became a dictator. And in 1923, he was tried for treason and sentenced to prison for five years. Now, he only spent less than a year in prison. And, you know, there's lots of things to say about Hitler, whatever. It's not what I'm here to talk about. But I will say it was 10 years later in 1933 that he rose to massive power and quickly became a dictator. This was the time of Uranus and Taurus and the rise of dictators globally. But, you know, Hitler is he's one for the books because of the atrocities of his actions and the global impact of his actions. Hitler was more successful 
when the people were struggling, when there was economic and social strife. It is important to know that Trump and also maybe his children will run again for office. And in his own words at CPAC, quote, I stand before you today to declare that the incredible journey we began together four years ago is far from over, unquote. We need to get it together. It's really tempting after all we have been through and all we are still going through to just want to just fucking like relax and ease into the ways in which things are better for many people. I mean, they're worse for others. They're the same for others, but they are better for, for many people. The news cycle certainly easier to bear. But do not underestimate the rise of racism and extremism. Uranus in Taurus, this transit, and it's a long-ass transit, it began in 2018 and it won't be over until the summer of 2026. This transit of Uranus in Taurus impacts us on many levels, and a meaningful one is the economy, right? And Uranus governs many things, including but not limited to instability. And Taurus governs currency. So economic uncertainty and financial struggle really threaten people, individuals, as well as groups of people. And it can empower us to do really shitty things. It can exhaust us to the point where we turn away from what's happening to our neighbors and we turn away from what's happening to people who are not directly connected to us. And that becomes really dangerous for societies. Another thing is, and I know I've said that this a million times on the podcast, but Uranus in Taurus tests our values, what we value, who we value, under how much pressure we can maintain our values. It is important that we value all life, the dignity of all life. It really is. I'm not encouraging anyone to eat the shit of another or to pretend that something is okay when it is not okay. But hopefully it is clear what I am speaking to. And I'm speaking to this on a spiritual level, on a personal level, but also I wanted to give you some of the historical context and the astrological context to what just happened at CPAC this February. And for us to understand that Trump and his family can run for president again, they can run for office again, they are being exalted within their party. And it's a platform that is absolutely based in hateful ideologies. And if we are living in a society here in the United States, where Nazi symbols are just used in common discourse, and, you know, when political parties and individual politicians can get away with this kind of globally rejected hate speech and hate symbols, it's just, it's just grooming us. It's just grooming us. And this is how these things go throughout history, throughout countries and cultures. Now, one last thing that I want to say, which is maybe a little bit of an aside, but I feel like is an important thing for me to acknowledge and name, which is the Confederate flag and all symbols of the Confederacy are the same as Nazi symbols. They are symbols of pride in the oppression, repression, and systematic torture of a people's. And while I am speaking to, you know, one thing, I think it's important here in the U.S. that we constantly bring it back to, there should never be an upholding of Confederate symbols or Nazi symbols or any symbols of ruling powers that tortured a people, that systemically punished a people just for being born in the skin they're in. You know, I don't want this to um, frighten you, 
I want this to embolden you, to empower you. And if you think to yourself, I don't know how to make a change, I don't know what to do, the good news is there are so many activists out there, so many individual activists and activist organizations, and they need support. There's so many ways that they need support. And if you feel called to make a difference, there are so many ways that you can make a difference. And it doesn't have to be the biggest way. And you don't need to be the star of the show. (laughs) But if you want to make a difference, a lot of times making a difference is a slog. It's just like moving through it slowly and consistently doing things, you know, Taurus, right? We're talking about material energy, Capricorn, Pluto's and Capricorn material energy, physically doing things that make a difference. Not all the difference all at once, but make a difference. And I think this might be a good moment for me to acknowledge that I frequently get questions from people who listen to the podcast. Please send me your questions. I love your questions. I get questions from people being like, I feel called by spirit to help with whatever problem, fill in the blank problem that is systemic and in the world. What am I meant to do? And the, the reason why I never pick those questions to answer on the podcast is because the answer is always the same. It's identify what your resources and skills are, identify organizations and activists who are already doing the work and already have curriculum and calls to action out there and fall the fuck in line. Do the actions, do the work. And if your spiritual connection or your spiritual guidance is saying to you, you need to do something more special, well, Maybe first take on training from people who've been doing it longer than you and who know more than you. There is no shame in being in uh, an educational evolution. And I do think in this in our current culture, we do shame and blame each other for not knowing things that we know. And, you know, that is what that is, the good and the bad of it. But there's nothing wrong with finding leaders and following them. There's nothing wrong with learning from people who know better than you. It's a great way to learn more and to be able to see more clearly what your calling is or what the best ways you can participate are. You don't need the answer. You need the next step. Also, I love you. Thanks for sticking around. Also, hey now, let's talk about your horoscope. This week, we've got a lot of Neptunian Piscean energy. Whenever we're dealing with Neptunian and Piscean energy, and just if you're new to astrology, let me say, Neptune is the ruling planet to Pisces. This planet and zodiac sign are naturally housed in the 12th house. Uh, It is worth noting that I just dropped midweek an episode about the 12th house. So if you have more questions about the 12th house or prenatal conditions or early developmental conditions, that's a great episode to listen to. But Whenever we're dealing with Neptunian or Piscean energy, we are dealing with uh, spirit. We are dealing with energies that are not per se material. They are spiritual in many ways. And to be clear, for some people, spiritual means, you know, a church or it means astrology or it means like meditation. And for some people, spiritual means walking through a museum or uh, listening to music you know, spirituality doesn't have, it's not like a zero sum game. Like there's not only one way to engage with it or to embody it. And so, you know, there's, there's a lot for us to talk about in on this topic in a very broad way. But let me dive into the transits themselves and hopefully give you some real actionables for the week ahead, because will it be a doozy? I don't know. You tell me. Oh, wait, 
Yes, yes, it will. Okay. So again, we're looking at the week of March 7th through the 13th, 2021. And the first exact transit of the week happens on the 10th. It's a sun conjunction to Neptune. This transit is uh, happening in the sign of Pisces. So Neptune, the ruling planet to Pisces, is in the sign of Pisces. This is a transit that, honestly, I feel like I don't talk about this transit enough. There's so much to say about this transit. So Neptune takes about 165 years to move through all the zodiacal signs. So the last time it was transiting through this sign, it was about 165 years ago, quite some time, no one living has ever experienced it. That's fascinating. In my view, uh, so much of this transit has to do with pharmaceuticals, drug use in general, and the disassociation that we do through our phones and TVs and computers, aka media, because Neptune governs being glamoured. Those talkies, they're really, they're really engaging, I will say. Okay, so when the sun and Neptune meet in the sign of Pisces, we have the potential of a lot of things. On a spiritual level, this transit can be meaningful. You may experience spirit in some really serious way. And that might mean, you know, you are meditating and you're like, you really, you really find something, you find some peace, you find some stillness, and it is moving. It may mean that you have like a deeply woo experience. And that could mean, you know, any number of things. I use the term woo, I really, because it's super blanket and inclusive of all of the things IMO. So whether you're somebody who prays or who dances or what or anything in between, this can be a time for centering, prioritizing, and embodying some measure of divinity or grace. It's fucking gorgeous. This can be a time where your sense of empathy is increased and your capacity to cut yourself or others some slack, to see things from other people's perspectives, to forgive yourself or someone else. This, this is all possible under the sun conjunction to Neptune. However, we have another set of possibilities. Neptune governs anxiety and disassociation and dysmorphia. And the sun is your identity and your sense of self. And when Neptune meets up with the sun or Mars in particular, because these are the two planets associated with vitality and virility in different ways, but similar to each other. And Neptune is spiritualizing. It's not about me. It's about we. It's about all of us. When these planets meet up, as they are doing here today, there is a risk of feeling really off in your meat suit, like super just disconnected. You may be feeling anxious and not clear why. You may be feeling whatever it is that is kind of most consistently your way of disassociating or feeling dysmorphia is likely to be activated. Now, it's also possible if you consistently feel those kinds of feelings that when Sun-Neptune conjunction occurs, everybody else feels that way and you're all of a sudden like, hello, welcome to my alien planet. This is how it feels to live here. Like it, it could kind of go either way. And I'll just like as an aside say when I give you these kind of like either or extreme heads or tails manifestation of this energy, it's because the energy can express itself in either kind of extreme form, like the heads or the tails of the coin. It's still one coin, right? So it's about the energy, how you individually experience it is specific to how that energy interplays with who you are and where you are. Sun conjunction to Neptune can also have a couple other shitty side effects. 
side effect one. Neptune is associated with the autoimmune system. And so there can be some sort of, uh, you know, sensitivity or spread issue in the context of COVID. So double mask, wash your paws, use common sense. I beg of you. The other thing is this can be associated with propaganda, especially propaganda that has spiritual roots. So we've been talking about QAnon on the podcast. If you haven't already heard episode 190 about QAnon, I do invite you to do so. This can be a time where there's some sort of, you know, new prophecy from some fucking thing. Be on the lookout for propaganda and guard against any propaganda, spiritual or otherwise, that in any way focuses the blame on a specific group of people. In order to have an authentic, sustainable, useful critique of systems, or even of individuals, we have to see the wholeness of them, unfortunately. I am, you know, I am unsurprisingly very concerned about white supremacy in all of its hideous forms. And also it's kind of banal forms. It's kind of like not such a big deal forms. Those not such a big deal things, those like microaggressions or, you know, my my racial assumptions about this group of people are positive, so it's not a bad thing. That shit is the slippery slope that we fall down before we crash into more aggressively and violently hateful rhetoric. And I have to say this because fucking Neptune, man, all this Pisces stuff, all this Neptune stuff, it can incline us to make excuses so that things don't have to be so hard. You know, toxic positivity is a real fucking thing. And anyone who will tell you that having negative thoughts or negative feelings is a problem, I am suspicious of because that requires us to ignore so much of what is happening inside of ourselves and the world at large. It is possible to stay present with the truth and not attach to certain thoughts and feelings of that negative and difficult to bear truth so that those negative thoughts and feelings course through us, but don't stick so that we are informed, but not smooshed by them. And that, my friends, is a technical term, smooshed. And it brings us quite quite gracefully into the next major transits of the week on the 13th. So we're going to have a little overlap vibes here. Wait for it. On the 13th, we have a Venus conjunction to Neptune. Hello, Neptune conjoining planets like it's its damn job. We also have a fucking new moon on the 13th. It is exact at 2.21 a.m. Pacific time. And it's a new moon in Pisces. So we have the sun and the moon and Neptune and Venus all sitting on top of each other. The sun and moon are at 23 degrees Pisces, respectively, in three minutes if you're counting. Neptune is at 20 degrees and 43 minutes of Pisces. And then we have Venus at also 20 degrees and 49 minutes of Pisces as well. So the shit is a tight conjunction. This new moon is, there's a lot to say about it. Okay. Every chart for all of 2021 includes the Saturn Uranus square. That's what's happening. And that means that every chart for every event in it includes a tension between what is real and what could be, for better or worse, what my responsibilities are versus what I want to do for me. So this kind of like unpacking the ways in which we are or are not able to accept reality as it is, 
the ways in which we are or are not taking an active role in shaping our reality to be something more free and just for ourselves and others. These things are up all of 2021. It is impacting every single person on the planet. Fucking interesting, right? So that is the the backdrop to this new moon and all new moons this year. And here we have this stellium in Pisces. And it's a really tight conjunction that is the stellium in Pisces. In this chart, we have a very wide but present Jupiter-Mercury square. And so the impulse to figure things out and jump to conclusions and just work it out and speak things before you fully work them out may be present. If you can, I implore you to resist the urge to speak all your thoughts before you're ready. It is healthy and wise to sit with your thoughts. Whenever I see this much Neptune or Pisces energy, let alone both Neptune and Pisces energy, I am thinking about attachment issues. I am thinking about how is it that the flow of our spiritual energies are sticky? Like, how are they sticky? How are they glomping up in some places and pooling in others and not flowing in others? There's something really beautiful about the potential of this new moon and this Venus conjunction to Neptune, but it will require not focusing on external conditions. My loves, this is your time. This is all of our times to check in with our spiritual wellness, to check in with our internal experience. In the words of my therapist, what do you want to grow? Our spiritual conditions, whether or not you are, you know, a spiritual person per se, they are always active in our material, our mental and our emotional concerns, whether or not we think of it that way, right? Spirituality, it, it has this way of, of permeating. You know, when I speak of spirituality, I'm speaking of the soul. I'm speaking of the spirit, that thing that animates the meat suit, that thing, it's always present in all things. And that is what requires our care and our presence this new moon. Venus conjunction to Neptune, it can incline us to idealize others. It can find us placing others on a pedestal, assuming that they are all manner of things that they are not, or they may be, but we can't actually know that right now. If you are doing that to justify some sort of self-esteem crisis, I want to just encourage you to know that you probably do that in a patterned and habitual way. And if you bring spiritual awareness and kindness and patience to that process, my dears, you can achieve a meaningful shift, not a deep and physical change. No, a meaningful shift, because really, There are very few problems that we have with ourselves that we can change if we don't first accept them. So this new moon is a beautiful time for gathering up your parts, you know, your your spirit and acknowledging where you are right now. Like it or hate it, it's not the point. It's not about judging. This is not Virgo. We're not here to discern analytically. We're here to feel into it. We're here to be present with it to embrace our very worst parts, to not say it's okay for me to be shitty because shitty things happen to me or the world is shitty, but instead to say, here's where I'm struggling. Here's where I have failed in the past. 
Here's where I am doing really well. Here's where my greatest intentions and hopes are. It's all here. How can I embrace that? How can I be present with that? How can I acknowledge that? Because it is so fucking easy to focus on what we're doing and what we're not doing, what we're producing, what we're not producing. And there's a value in that. I actually am not the one who's going to say that that's bad. I don't think that's bad at all. But when that happens to the exclusion of or too disproportionately to our spiritual development, it doesn't age well. It doesn't age you into a happy person. I don't care what you look like and I don't care how much fucking money you have. It does not age you into a happy person. What do you want to grow? What is it that is stirring inside of you that wants more space? This is not the time to say, oh, I, you know, all I want to do is draw pictures and I have this shitty job. So how do I get out of my job? What do I do? It's not about what do I do? This isn't the time for finding an action plan. It's about cultivating presence, presence, acceptance, awareness, grace for what is, for what you know, for what you don't know, for all of it. Neptune and Pisces, they're very aligned with ambiguity. And even in some ways of looking at it, duality. The truth is often nuanced. The truth often can be paradoxical. And our material lives and our analytic brains don't like that shit. And that's fair. I can tell you, as a spiritual person who talks to dead people, that time is an illusion. But I can also tell you as an astrologer and a human person in a body that time is a fucking thing. And at noon, the sun looks really fucking different than it does at 9 p.m. Time is a thing. That 50 years old is absolutely different than 20 years old. Absolutely different. Time is a material thing. These truths don't cancel each other out. It's just a different context, right? They're different ways of understanding and engaging with reality. It's not either or. It's and also. Let's make 2021 the year of and also. What do you think? This new moon may find you wanting to do what most new moons find you wanting to do, which is a ritual. Let's do a ritual. Let's call things in. Let's manifest. It is not always the time to fucking call things in. If all you're doing is calling things in and calling things in and calling things in, where are you leaving time for gestation, for process? My loves, where is the time for process? I want to encourage you to consider whether or not you just need to slow down, quiet up, and receive. That's my greatest hope for you this new moon. Just receive. And you might want to do that with candle work or some sort of like spiritual toolkit or ritual. There are so many different ways of engaging with spirituality. I don't think one is better or worse than another. But I do want to call into question the constant push towards action right? I do want to kind of call that into question because external action is not always the thing. And if all we're focused on is external action, eventually we're going to have to deal with that. So may I invite you to use this stellium in Pisces, this new moon in Pisces as a time to place value, Venus, which is involved in this new moon chart, value on your spirit and silence, on stillness, on being in a state of reception so that you can Receive your guidance or your nothingness or your ambiguity or your hopes, whatever it is, all of it. Just receive. You don't have to do anything with it yet. Don't worry. There'll be plenty of time to do shit with it. But how about this new moon? You just embrace a little bit of silence. Now that is your horoscope. 
some very focused energies happening this week. And again, the overall impact of it, the overall impact of it is likely to feel a little anxious because of all this Neptune and Pisces energy. Anxieties are likely to be up. As we know, in the backdrop of Saturn Uranus, in the backdrop of the last several years, when people experience more anxiety on top of anxiety, they have a tendency to act wrong. You cannot control other people. It is not your job to control other people. What I want to acknowledge here is that this is a great week, a fucking effective week, to look at the relationship between your lived experience of anxiety and unrest, and how you act towards or at or in reaction to other human people. That's really going to be an interesting thing for you to be able to see in motion. So check it out, why don't you? Uh, Also pay attention to how other people act. You know, that information is not about you. That information is information that you can do whatever you want with one way or another, but it isn't about you. So this is just a great time to have this knowledge and to use it to cultivate greater awareness so you can cultivate greater empathy and grace. And later, after some of this energy has passed, then you can decide what to do with it, what the plan is. As always, I thank you for joining me here for Ghost of a Podcast. And if you get value from the show, you know, go go give it a five-star review wherever you're listening to it. Make sure you, you click that subscribe button and write a review. Say something nice. Do I sometimes sit in front of my computer and tear up? Me, a triple Capricorn, tearing up over the sweet things written? Yes, yes, I do. Yes, I fucking do. Thank you. Also, join me over on Patreon if you want to, you know, have more connection, more connection and chatting and such and thus. I like a little connection and chatting and such and thus. Either way, I'll talk to you in a couple days. Bye. Every year they say the end is near, but we're still here. Yeah, we're still here.